This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. It's Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go. Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast, where it's time for us to review the 49ers tape that the Seahawks put together. That game was played exactly last week. This podcast, if you're listening, is obviously out on Friday, but we're recording this live on YouTube on a Thursday night during the Jaguars-Jets game. Griff, Jaguars, Jaguars, Jaguars. Um, I recognize that it's Jaguar, but I say Jaguar anyway. Oh, you're a wire? What about Jaguar? Not, you're not a Jaguar? I'm not going to change. Who says Jaguar? I do. See, but when all, when you guys do those commercials for the for the the cars, mm-hmm. and there's always some posh English dude who's going Jaguar. Is he? Yeah, it's two syllable. But you're saying you're. Are you you're, sure that's not for the American audience? He's just sort of maybe, code switching. Maybe, maybe. But see, you guys, you guys go three syllables though on average. Oh yeah, big Jaguar. big uh, big three syllable Jaguar. He's got a Jaguar. What did you call me? <laughs> And why are you inverting your sentence structure all of a sudden? <laughs> or are you Yoda? Hmm. Maybe. Okay. So, let's start with the defense, because the defense, I think, strangely, there's more room for optimism. They don't want to hear it, but, um, yeah. Well, I feel bad, because I kind of said that Pete was putting a positive spin on things, and it's just because he's intervened. That was before I watched the tape. That was a bit rash. I, I should have watched the tape in a bit more detail than my brief uh, skim through. Although this was very reminiscent of a 2021 game plan. Yeah. Um, all in all, watching this game, I felt like 
the the non Woods Monet Monet players played the way they needed to. That if they had Woods and Monet, they would have been fine this game. And by fine, I mean like not great results, but not bad results. I feel like they would have kept the yards per carry figure right around you know maybe high threes, three point six seven eight, whatever you want. Um, the 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 Forty Nine ers success rate rushing was like ranked only 23rd or 24 of 30 teams this past week. So really it was those explosive runs that got them and all the runs outside of that. I mean, Seattle took care of business and now that's how, that's how running efficiency works. It's always explosives that carry it, but there are good running teams that have good success rate and high explosive rates. So when the flip side of it is when you see a team hold a, 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 a front hold the opposing offense to a low rushing success rate. It's not hard to fathom there being a lot of good tape and good tape is process and process projects forward more than anything else. So the way I feel like now, when we say project forward, we only have three games left in the playoffs it might be out of reach. Right. So we're kind of talking big picture here with the totality. Cause like this year wasn't just about this year it's also about next year. Um, but uh, you know, big picture wise, like I don't, I didn't see the wide sweeping concern that I had for a large chunk of the Raiders game in the second half, especially the Panthers game that I saw this game. Um, it just felt like, ah, good team. They really need all hands on deck. They don't have their best nose tackle. Brian Mona has been up and down, but he's been playing fairly well recently and him being out really sucks. Um, and all in all, I'd still say he's a fine – he's your, what, your fourth biggest snap getter at defensive line. So, like, he doesn't need to be more than that, and, but he still matters. So, Yeah, without Woods out, he'd have been your, like, second biggest snap getter probably right. against this sort of opposition with right. the 21 personal looks. Right, for sure. For sure. So, there you have it. That's, that's kind of my uh, top-down, you know, 1,000-foot view of, of this game. Yeah, I uh, agree with what we've said. Where do you want to start on the defense? Do you want to start with the positives or the negatives? Well, let's go. Let's go negatives first. Oh, okay. So that we can define just like how negative the you know it was, because again, the, the there's kind of despair. I think following the the team right now and the perception of it, and I don't necessarily think that reflects reality precisely so yeah i, th I think so. it's a mixed bag but uh yeah I, I think that's fair so if we just um if i try and get my thing on the screen that would really help like just stay up there all right that'll do perfect right and then if i right so shanahan called a great game obviously but you also had a mix of mistakes so like the George Kittle double screen and then pop pass up the seam. That's a great play. There's very little you can do about that. However, George Kittle's touchdown to start the second half, that is just a bust. So let's go to that. And I think, I don't know if Seattle's hit a rookie wall necessarily, but I do think rookie mistakes that maybe were even happening earlier in the season but weren't punished for whatever reason and now like a bigger thing so if i do no not that if i just get rid of the banner 
Um, there we go. If I could zoom in, that'd be great. But anyway, we'll take it. Right, so it was, it was second and five, and Seattle had been kind of clamping up on defense a bit, which is what made Kittle's touchdown so frustrating. So it was a 21-personnel slot formation, and Shanahan played around with having a receiver either side of um, a tight end and then receivers away from the tight end a bit to try and mess with Seattle's rules, as he does. But Seattle here should have been in a good position. Um, they adjusted to the slot formation after early struggles by having Ryan Neal run with it, um, which we'll get to later. And here they just messed up. So they're in cover three. So, And it's drop eight, cover three, right? Yeah, yeah. So Woolen was in a, a deep third. Diggs was in the post third. Jackson was in a, a deep third. Bruce Irvin, as Griffin said, it's drop eight. Bruce Irvin was dropping and bashing up the danger man, George Kittle. And then it's basically Nwosu off the opposite edge, dropping into the other flat. Uh, Barton in the curl, Brooks in the middle hook, and then Neil in the curl. So they, they should have had the bodies for this. It's a good play call because yeah. maybe they got a tendency from this kind of offset pistol look that it would be pass. Uh but they, they played drop eight on a second and five, which I guess if you get run, it plays out like you're none the wiser. But still, good play call because it blanketed the stuff or should have done at least. But And as, it, it well, and just really quick, having the eighth extra defender helps defend all three levels of the field better on a probably one of the harder down and distances to defend, right? Second and yeah. five, like you said, you're getting... You can flood the coverage easier. You can get depth in your zone if you play it right and still be sound for the check down. And like drop eight solved was a huge part in solving their second down problems last year. Their their numbers when dropping eight versus second and medium versus rushing four were profoundly better. So yeah, yeah, I like the play call. Yeah, and if you look at what drop eight actually achieved at first, uh, Brock Purdy opened looking for a slant route that they're doing spam against Mike Jackson after checking the safety rotation. But Nwosu was dropped right underneath that. Shanahan would not have expected that to happen. But because Seattle was dropping A, it was happening. Then Purdy came back. He looked at the Kittle combination and, and Irvin. Uh, and Irvin had bashed that up. It didn't look open at all. So he, he, he right now is thinking probably check down at this point. But then he realizes that Woolen's messing up. Um, so Griff, that, that's just Don Woolen, right? Yeah, I mean, especially when you're dropping eight, you don't need to chase inbreakers that way because you have extra guys to pass back to. So you should be communicating whatever their version of an undercall is and then just go, you know, zoning off and especially immediately get eyes on, get eyes on too because you the, the wheel route, he, he wouldn't have to worry about because Neil's got it. You've got Brooks pushing with the uh, the strong three and the strong four. And then Barton is doing his job. He's stacking his zone in the weak hook, pushing to the strong hook, looking for anything coming up on him. Like they're perfect. They're they're perfectly fine here. The call would have done what it was supposed to do if, if Woolen had just zoned off like he should have. Like Shanahan calls this play. The last person he's thinking the ball goes to is Kittle. Because like that's an alert. Like that's almost you want Kittle to occupy that corner to get something in the underneath to come up. Right? Yeah, Kittle's the danger man who, against this coverage look, is just occupying the deep coverage to create more room for the check down. 
in the flat. But as you can see, Woolen, maybe it's the way that Purdy looks to his left almost, um, and his feet stop. He's got a weird kind of pocket presence. But Woolen just thinks he's seen something, and he just collapses down on the in route. Like, at first, I wondered if he was playing it like it was a vertical stem of a crossing route, but I don't even think it's that. I think he just tried to make a play which wasn't there and then left the... Uh, left Kittle open. And obviously, you know, yeah. he didn't mean to do this. He was beating himself up afterwards. This kind of stuff happens. Right. Uh, and it's good that he, he cared so much. And then uh, yeah. Diggs took a horrid angle. Part of the reason he'll have done this, I think, is because earlier in the game, that Kittle pop pass touchdown, Diggs tried to break down near foot near shoulder and Kittle just took it down the middle on him with a lot like surprising acceleration. So I think Diggs overestimated the burst here. You can see he's over-pursued. He's not, he's not on the near hip. But he is also trying to stop him getting to the end zone. But he's he should be more like, it's not perfect. Like, football, open field pursuit's hard. But he should have been, like, one yard further back to, to stay on this near hip. But he's sort of over-pursued, and he's given up this inside lane. Um, and also whiffed, which obviously doesn't help. Mm -hmm. But... It's an arm tackle because he over-pursued, not any shoulder getting involved, and something Kittle was able to slip, and then Cody, bad open-field pursuit as well. Does the same thing, yeah. Yeah, same exact thing. Yeah. But here it's from the end zone. Um, unfortunate. Yep. But, and, and the kind of thing that in this close game, it really you can't give teams this, and... Like a lot of the contrast between the 49ers and uh, Seattle was illustrative, I think, of the different timelines of these teams. But like this is again, like San Francisco don't make these mistakes. They've they've got a bit more experience on their defense. Um, yeah. So you kind of just have to live with it, unfortunately. Well, I mean, last year they didn't make these mistakes against San Francisco. You know. No. no. Um, they. They also had not the Al Woods effect of that play. They also had Al Woods last year, though, too, mm. in this game in Mona. But nonetheless, true. So let's talk about another coverage play, which was a bit shaky, uh, but it's difficult. So this is what we say when this is kind of a beater for Seattle. So uh, it was twelve forty-three in the second quarter. And technically another explosive play. So Seattle for a large portion of this game played around with an under front. Um, so you have your five technique or your four technique kind of player here uh, to the strong side. You have a, a guy down at the line of scrimmage setting the edge. Then you have the nose tackle to the strong side shaded. Then you have a three technique weak. And then you have a down at the line of scrimmage player as well. Uh, and they played around with playing uh, under weak rotated cover three or like they used to back in the day, or they kept their safety high and they played that under six or under quarter, quarter, half, where Neil would, the backside safety would be in a half, Diggs would be in a quarter, the front side corner would be in a quarter and the weak side corner would be in a cloud technique. Um, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, this is similar in the like their base approach against twenty-one personnel used to be tight wolf six. It's also a very it's the same call as what they played against the Raiders. They just messed it up because they were focused too much on Adams and they had some really poor execution up front. The good news is they played it really well against the run for the majority of this game, so they seem to have fixed that. But here, this is a great beater because, as we've seen from Seattle and as a player through. When you run a shallow crosser to the cover four side of play action, or even an intermediate crosser of play action, it just breaks the the defensive shell. Um, because it requires someone to fall off, and it just takes too long. It asks a lot of Jordan Brooks. Um, the spacing is just off. Uh, and last year, Seattle ran quarter, quarter, half, but they didn't get this kind of look um, that often. They also didn't play quarter-quarter-half that often to 21 personnel, so they were unlikely to get the hard play action with the fullback away, really messing it up for Jordan Brooks. Like, I don't even know, Griff, who you'd attribute this onto. Because um, they're, they're playing quarters to Mike Jackson's side, right? Yeah. I mean, on some level, I think they want Quandre to nail down because he's i mean we, we've seen that but the way it plays out it's hard especially with the route the way it stems it stems underneath it stems yeah. underneath the will as opposed to over yeah and if what one thing that the 49 is great on is if you're enough a linebacker and you're you're trying to key like the play like you're yeah. looking for high hat, low hat. Look how low these hats are. This they looks, all sell they're it. selling run really well. Yeah. All low. You think this is run. Look at this fullback. He's coming out. He's looking like he's going to block. So if you're Brooks, technically you kind of got to fit in this A gap uh, to the right. So that's a long fit. He was on the yeah. center of the field. The A gap's on the far hash, basically. Now, um, see, if 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 they're gapped out, though, the weak hook defender is likely stays in that C gap. The, so that means he's got more room, more cushion to leverage the crosser, to fall over and leverage the crosser. So th that's the other thing. That's the other problem with this. Yeah, the, this is the weakness of the, the quarter, quarter, half approach. Um, and the premise behind it is to leverage the inbreakers and the crossing routes better. So... I don't know. I, I I do wonder if it's um if they would rather have Diggs nailing down because like what's the premise behind playing covers or cover three buzz against under center? You get the safety coming from depth to be able to leverage the crosser 
it's just really hard for the second level to do that consistently. And like Brooks and Barton have done that well before, but at a certain point you have to help them out. Um, it's like, what, what, is, what purpose is Diggs really serving here, doubling the week one, if you've already got, you know, an outside quarter technique from the cornerback? And we've seen Seattle struggle with this before. Okay, say if the backside receiver from the cover two side runs like this kind of route, we've yeah. seen the backside safety come off and then have to peel off late, and it's often been a bit late. Remember the Broncos hit this play. Um, yeah. So it's just a beta that they haven't quite corrected yet. They might need the tool to correct it. Like maybe you have off a play action look, you have Woolen in the cover two cloud run with this. And then you like exchange him with Cody uh, and have Cody play the flats to gain leverage. I don't yeah. know. They'll probably have to come up with something because it's 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 like a g general beta, great beta from Shanahan. But what what Griff was describing is if uh, you see Ayuk here, so Brooks right now at the moment he realised it's his boot. He did a pretty good job. It's just Ayuk's had what like a ten yard head start on him to get moving. So yeah, it's no very difficult for him. It's, and then he's already in a head-up position by the time Brooks has started transitioning. From Diggs' perspective, he could have looked backside, but he's just playing in this uh, post window now to help out Mike Jackson. As Griff says, they've they've got this guy double-teamed, but Ayuk is coming into this space. Nwosu's technically the quarter-flat player, so a bit like a curl defender. He's just playing the boot rules. He's like, taking a first to the flat because he was down at the line of scrimmage anyway, remember, as that kind of edge player. So he's just picking up uh, George Kittle in a good manner. But, um, yeah, it's a it's a tough job for Brooks. Really, it's just a beater at this point. They don't have a tool for it. Uh, Brooks locates it, but, he, you know, that's an impossible task. Jackson comes down. At least they limit it to 16 yards. But, um, yeah, good play, something that their scheme, they need to add a tool into because they keep getting worked by it. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, I guess we could come to another play-action beta. If you're live, by the way, don't be afraid to um, ask questions because we don't want to lose you. You're, like, you're live. Like, enjoy the experience. Um, right. So then another explosive play... A big play was Tyler Croft's 28-yard uh, catch at 7.28 in the fourth quarter, which is was a second and six. Um, this is really clever. So they start out in 22 personnel, and they've been running on Seattle. And obviously, as you've said, Seattle lost our woods. They, they just lacked mass in the middle with um, Brian Monet going out. And they were getting run on. Now, Shanahan started in 22 personnel I form, and then he shifted uh, Kyle Juszczyk uh, up as like a wing. And what that did was it brought the the cornerback into a conflict because, and we'll play it through first, Mike Jackson uh, was bumped into having uh, the force in the fit. Um, whereas I don't necessarily think he would have done if it was 21 personnel. I think if it was 21 personnel, they'd have played it uh, with a different type of force. But Jackson sucked up. 
I don't know if it was man-to-man or, or cover three because it's 22 personnel. It's kind of a weird coverage, but... um. I assumed it was cover three, three but yeah. 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 But, I um, mean, you, 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 get a, you get a certain defender in the, in the fit, you get him as a run fitter, then you can play action that individual defender. Yeah, it's just That's... a good play from Shanahan, and Seattle was getting a bit desperate here. But you see my point here, when it was 22 personnel, uh, okay, they're, they're kind of playing like they've got a gap, but like Moose is the front uh, the backside turn back player cody's filling through the b gap it's just under fits basically um neil right. can play off nuosu uh but he's like the front side turn back player and jackson is like he's got extra insurance although he may still technically have this gap he's, but he's got yeah, extra insurance right. but if you watch what happened after the shift like the shift of uh, juice check to the um to the wing it brings Neil into the B gap basically, and then Jackson suddenly has much less protection. He's really coming down, thinking run, uh, and he just got sucked up. Which, you know, they sold it well. Croft again, nice block, and then release. Like yeah. Kittle did a great job on his his uh, little pump fake seam up the up the up the seam touchdown. So that's just what the 49ers do. They they have their good plays, and you just sort of got to. Like like even even last year when they defended the 49ers well, they had the uh the drift stock play where the fullback engages a block and then does the same thing off the linebacker. Oh yeah, that was and then disgusting. releases releases up the seam. It's like how are you supposed to trust your keys on that? I mean Yeah. Like even when Shanahan his team doesn't have a good day, even when they lose, he still gets those plays on you. Like this is pure just manufactured the practice squad quarterback could get these kind of yards on you. Not making any comment about Purdy, but just saying like this is just pure Shanahan playing playing Madden right now. Yeah. And so but the, the solution to this might be playing the now you don't install an entire coverage for one play, right? But the solution to this is finding ways to take your cornerback out of the fit no matter the offensive formation. And last year they would play like inverted cover six, right? So they'd play cover six to Mike Jackson's side but Jackson would be the um, the or are they would play the cover two side to Jackson's side, right? But Jackson would be the, the the safety essentially, and then Neil would be the cloud corner or the the, the buzz corner because it's technically or or um, not the buzz corner. He he would be the flat defender essentially playing a cloud, but it would be for run purposes. But if they get play action, Jackson's there playing backstop so yeah yeah just playing cover two to this look that has its advantages doesn't it in general and and seattle did play that which we'll get to so um last there is a positive on the play which is that Diggs made the tackle um he didn't get cut back on croft is different to kittle in that he's not as good but big see open field tracking ball out drops his feet manages to get onto it right Okay, so um, then also fi- finally for this, we'll do Mac- McCaffrey's early carry. So there was like two big carries Seattle gave up, uh, as I said with Ty. The second one, the 55 yarder to end the game, basically. 
that was just Seattle going after something, you know, Tanner muses in uh, and he did fine, but like they were going after something with the pressure and they just got a good play call and good execution. The game was kind of done anyway at that point. This was a bit more worrying, but again, it's clever from Shanahan. Um, and it's sort of Seattle, I think, getting used to their game plan, which you, you say, why do they need to get used to it? Well, they did. So they start out, well, they, they started out in this look where it, it didn't really make sense to me at first. Um, it was a second and one, eight, like 50-ish left in the first quarter, so fairly early in the game, and Seattle been playing well up to that point. It's this under look again. So Seattle has uh, Nuosu as the kind of five-technique player. They have, sorry, no, Nuosu is the kind of Sam player. Uh, Ford is the five-technique in the C-gap. Uh, Monet shaded strong in, in, as a nose tackle in the strong A-gap. Uh, Shelby Harris weak as the three technique, and then Bruce Irvin as the like what would have been the Leo, right? He's the guy, the edge to the three tech. Yeah. Then behind that, they play it almost like under one Y, um, but they strong rotate cover three or, 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 or cover one with Neil down to the slot. Um, then Brooks in the B gap, Cody in the A gap. Right, so they they gapped out for what is like a one gap presentation. Mm-hmm. What Shanahan did, which was clever, um, is rather than sitting that, he shifted the formation into a slot formation. Um, you can see Cody wants to bump out with it, which is fine. He should no longer be in the fit because what should have happened if Cody's going to come out here with that and and help cover down to this stack receivers. Um, Brooks needs to bump his fit from this B gap into the weak A gap. And Ryan Neal needs to play, rather than in this gap here, he needs to kind of bump in and play in the B gap. But he stayed ultra wide. And I don't know if he was in man coverage and that's why he did it. But, I mean, he wasn't in man coverage because Cody Cody bumped out the receivers. So he was just fixated on the tight end. He didn't really need to be. Um, you can also see if Neil had bumped into the B gap, how suddenly the corner gets involved a bit more because you've only got Nuosu out there now to the pair tight end look. But um, anyway, so it, I, it's a bit weird looking. With so the front side is weird, and with Mona playing clearly aligned in the strong side A gap, he's playing kind of a heavy one or at least a shoulder width apart, like his legs aren't staggered kind of like in a frog squad almost. And he plays it with like a two-gap technique, the way he engages the tackle. Yeah. I think it's intended for Brooks like, to just fit off of him. Yeah, he purposefully lags into the backfield. So it's that, almost like their early solution was for that to happen to a slot. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's So to protect the weak side, let get Brooks flowing. And so weak side, they are gapped out. They've got the weak A, the weak B, the weak C. And they've got Mona in the week A, Shelby in the week B, and Irvin in the week C gap. The problem really, I think, is that on this play in particular, is that Shelby gets too vertical and then he's just washes himself out of the play. He's just gone. And now Mona gets moved way more than you want to. 
if if Mona if Mona was a little more stout and doesn't get to, uh, horizontally displaced as much, and if Harris can play flat down the line and squeeze the gap out, at minimum it's like a three four yard gain, or at least it should be. Like the, the, to me, this is just a technique breakdown from individual yeah, defenders I that we didn't if, see a lot of this game. I don't know if Harris was expecting the run to go to his right rather than the left because the way he gets so vertical doesn't make sense. Like, well, so I thought, pass. is yeah, is he cheating the boot? Because the look, the ball's on the hash, and so when the ball's on the hash, it's very common to boot to the field, right, the wide side to the right there. Yeah. So is he thinking uh, my first step is going to get vertical so that I can help, I can help put stress on the quarterback to speed himself up if he boots. Um, also, I think that under not underrated, but a, a an element that I'm maybe not giving enough attention to is Trent Williams kind of plays this well. He kind of, I don't know if you call that holding, but he definitely gets his hand on behind his right shoulder. Hey, O line always hold. You yeah. Guys. Yeah. And that kind of invites Harris to, uh, you know, to to come down. Now, if he's reading, you know, his uh, his pressure key, right, or his secondary key, um, which would be Williams. Williams doesn't fire out of his stance necessarily, like he's run blocking. He's kind of, well, he does, but he's kind of high. He set he sets in a similar way to how he would for a bootleg. Right, and I think yeah. Harris is going okay. I know what this is. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, he realizes cause, it's too late. Because how this should look if Harris wasn't sort of maybe cheating something else or anticipating something else is he should just take this back step and six-inch power step right into this guard. And so if if you uh, if you play that through after that point, it actually looks more like he's right in that B-gap and the cutback lane is less great. Um it's still difficult though against a weak wide zone play, but really with this guard so flat, um, like this, I, I think also that's part of the thing because the guard is so flat on the angle of departure. I think Harris maybe thinks if you're that flat, mate, and you're going to double team a, a shaded nose away, like maybe it is boot because that's that's a weird yeah. kind of run blocking move. Um, but yeah, he just gets way too vertical, as you said. Um, and it creates a seam of the defense. Like he's technically in the B gap, right? But you know the right. B gap is super wide. Like this is his gap, and he's technically in it just. Um, but yeah, McCaffrey is a very easy decision for him. As soon as Brooks fires into the A, which is correct to do, yeah, then he can just cut back off the grain. And lucky, really, that this didn't go for more. But yeah, on a positive note for this play, though, it's encouraging that the 49ers are presenting D, uh, C and D gaps with their tight end. And Seattle is in a front that is conducive toward being sound for that. Like they're not just staying like they're in an underfront. They're they're in a they're in an underfront. They have a body in the C gap. And that's just like I wouldn't have said, oh, they should have been in this or they should have been in that here like this is what they did last year and and it worked the difference is they don't have al woods here up front um but on that point like al woods wasn't there but puna ford miles adams they played great as the five tech type um yeah 
is yeah. actually really encouraging and i, th- I hope right. it opens their mind a bit to like hey if we're playing with a five tech rather than a four tech like we can use a lot of these body types um so that's the negatives out of the way we promise there are positives so let's let's address some of those so firstly uh here's what they should have done um so they, they got this tough play that we've just talked about and then they kind of adjusted their way through things as i what is the it. uh time stamp on that one 941. 9.41 if you have this mysterious file. If you don't have the file, it is... thirteen twenty one left in the second quarter. So you can see the 49ers again came out in this trips formation. Um, single back. Uh, it's more of a bunch set. But Seattle again started with Neil down to it, and they're in the under front again. This time, Miles Adams playing the five tech, Nwosu playing down again, uh, Puna Ford this time playing the shaded nose because Monet got hurt, Harris again at the three tech, and uh, Boye Mafe is the kind of Leo type, the defensive end away. Not that they used the word Leo, sorry, that's confusing. Okay, so they shift, and rather than have the linebackers uh, bump out with it, Neil just follows it. And the linebackers even switch around the inside linebackers, so uh, they reset the strong side almost. But um, it's not that deep. It's just keeping Brooks in a in a B gap, basically. Um, in no, in the A gap. Anyway, so because they did that, the, the second level was in, a, was in a much better position. You can also see how the corner is more run involved, which which did to the uh, pair side. Um, but the creation of the slot didn't flummox them. And then the fit is really nice, um, particularly for Miles Adams. Um, now it went a bit further than it should have, like Adams could have done with tackling a bit lower. You can see here's this under look shift to the slot neil following across and everyone just gets smacked back at the line of scrimmage it's not running to the same side it's running to the side away from the tight ends what we call the open side or the flex side but um rather than the last run was running to the solid side or the tight end side but still this is like a nice play from seattle um where everyone kind of uh wins even even though it does go for some yards and it is second and one, but like it's a better adjustment. Um, and what is it? Yeah. Like three yards it gets. I think it's five actually. Yeah, the, that's, the tackle, that's crazy. The the, the 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 tackling gets really poor at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, point point taken there because they're just more sound for it. It's the, the, they don't have a Shelby Harris rep on on that play. <clears throat> Um, and Shelby also did find this game outside of that and one other play from from memory. He did, um, and yeah, the big the big thing here is how for how much knockback they get front side like from their D line. So Shelby absolutely stones the, his guard, um, and then oh my word, and then um, yeah, Shelby, Shelby stones his guard to the front side, which and then Brooks is showing up big in his a gap 
Kuhn is doing the right job. They're running the play to cut back anyway. But Miles Adams as well, he's getting nice knockback on Kittle and he manages to get from his initial C gap technically into the D gap to to meet McCaffrey. Now he just needed to actually uh, try and get a bit of a better wrap. Obviously it's difficult, but yeah, they, they do a good job here. Even though it went five yards. But the point being, Seattle had a schematic... Uh, adjustment, or maybe they just got things right the second time. Um, mm -hmm. But like, remember Griff's figures on the overall run game, just in general. Yeah, I mean the, the success rate again. Like a majority of these runs, they were they were game for, they were ready for. Um, most of them went, you know, under four yards. So, and and you, again, you can make that comment for just about any any offense. But the rate at which they went under four yards was still, you know, what it was. So they were, they were, they had like the 49ers had the the 24th highest success rate for that week, that game. So, um, okay. So another good run fit. Is uh, six oh oh in the in the file if you have that, and then four fifty five in the first quarter, roughly first and ten. Um, if you want to talk talk us through this one, yeah, this is a uh, a good um, run fit against uh, counter counter run. So you got two pullers coming from the weak side, um, or no, coming from the strong side. Sorry, toward toward the weak side. Um, front they're in this is so they're the front they're in first and foremost they're once again in that under front miles adams playing a five technique puna ford a, a one technique shelby harris the week three technique and Irvin is kind of your your leo equivalent and they're gapped out they've got a uh, quandary digs in the box this time so they've got weak rotate or flex rotation um but the reason why they defend this well is, well, I would actually say part of this is that Kyle Shanahan, this wasn't Kyle Shanahan's best play call um, because they're getting two pullers to the weak side and they have technically a C-gap bubble, but the player that forms the C-gap on the weak side is a receiver, I think. Um, and he's like flexed. He's not like in the core or like hands in the dirt and stuff. So Seattle's lever spill lever. So or turn back, run through, turn back. So Quandre Diggs is technically your lever player. So if he gets a puller to the second level, he has to fit that with outside leverage. So engage the block with his inside half, keep his outside half free. Barton would have to hit that the inside of that puller. Um, and then and then uh, Brooks would have the uh, the run through on the um, like the front side a gap, I think, like the backside run through as the as the backside lever. Um, yeah, so fitting it, in next available. Mm -hmm. Now, what's great about this is that the reason why it works is, well, first, Irvin spills spills the kickout block from the... Uh, yeah, and this is a big thing. They only seem to do this when they can see two pullers, but Irvin in particular is very good at it. Like, a Mafe won't do this, but Nwosu Irvin will. Right. So, so Irvin gets contact on two guys essentially from this. That's why spilling counter can be so beneficial. Even though he gets moved, that sec that second puller through can't contact any of the linebackers from it. Yeah, I think he um, ends up making the tackle as well. You know. Yeah, he might. 
kind of a beast play. He might. And so normally 15, he's got to find Cody. He messes up looking for Diggs, I think. He needs to find Barton, but he doesn't. And Diggs does a good job to kind of allay the block anyway. So they're both leveraged to be free hitters. Um, that lead has to end up hitting Cody, then that frees Irvin late at the end there. But so it's all about making a gap run work or defending a gap run, a, a two-polar gap run, is all about keeping the way Seattle organizes themselves, that second in the fit, second-level defender. So Diggs is first in the fit toward the play side. Barton is second in the fit. And so often it's Barton, Barton's guy that gets climbed on, but he's free here. Um, so, and that's essentially why it's effective, because of the, they've got a guy clean. And Harris holds up as well as he needs to to keep the tackle on him because if the tackle would then be often the tackle likes to down block and then climb if he if he can on the near three technique and he's not really able to do that. Yeah. And so so Harris is satisfactory here and they're sound. The run doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So just illustrating Griff's point from the end zone angle. Here comes this first puller. And then this guy's going to come along as well. So the backside guard and like the backside you, uh, which is uh, juice check off the line of scrimmage. And uh, Irvin, as soon as the receiver leaves him alone, and as soon as this tackle doubles Shelby Harris, Irvin knows he needs to kind of tighten down because he's thinking like power counter gap scheme if, he, if you're unblocked. Um and yeah, you can see how he sp he just spills the football, um, takes two for the price of one basically here, um, by giving up uh, block, taking it on with like wrong arm, like his uh, outside shoulder dipping in um, to the blocks, uh, and he's like a disruptive menace. He ends up joining the hit because he's just not meant to make this play. Here's Quandre Diggs on the second level as the front side turn back player. He is kind of slow playing this because his strength right now is not going to be his uh well his strength his his strength is like his agility he's not like a big box hitter and he knows probably that this receiver is coming towards him and so he's probably aware of what run type it is um he knows he can beat this block which he does gets over the top of it so he's the he's still got outside leverage on this fullback block and here's barton coming underneath as the run through um, taking on, and it's just a mess at the line of scrimmage. A great run fit, uh, and th this is kind of like uh, they didn't run this play again, um, especially out of this look. But this is indicative of the whole run defense, where everyone's on the same page, everyone's staying and playing. Nice bend the knee job from Shelby against the double, and uh, yeah, it's a great, great run fit. Like that's the stuff that we get excited about, um, and it has been lacking in. Uh, Past weeks, it does help that they've been under with, um, you know, flex rotation, their old defense, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. So, so yeah, really it felt like they had the formula of this game. They just needed to be at full strength and not have the usual Shanahan, you know, designer stuff uh, hit them. Yeah. The so, did. what didn't help them? Obviously, was Quandre Diggs' dropped pick, which was uh, nice coverage. So it was a third and 11 with two minutes left in the second quarter. Uh, 
Because it's third and eleven, Seattle runs their double A gap front. The idea being, uh, it can dictate protection. You're probably going to get big on big. Um, it depends, but Seattle does get big on big here. Uh, basically, get, getting everyone else one on one on the line um, because the center's wasted for a minute. Although I think San Francisco kept guys in. Now on the back end, they were playing. Um, cover eight so mike jackson to the strong side the three receiver side of the empty set he's in a like the cloud of cover two then we have t's table he's in a deep half over the top of him we have kobe bryant who's in like this vertical uh hook or vertical curl where he's um he might match the two down the field but to bunch he might play it more like a zone uh then we have Tariq woolen who's this side playing a deep quarter and then we have Diggs playing a deep quarter. Now, I don't know if this was the tricks adjustment where Diggs eyes the three receiver up or if he's just reading the eyes and, like, you know, his two stayed in chipping Taylor, I think. So I couldn't really get a read on that. I don't know if he was just playing it just from the eyes. I think that is what he's doing because he starts with this little pedal here. Purdy looks to the other side of Diggs, and Diggs is able to come on to the football. And I mean, he he knows he should have caught the ball, but it's really great coverage from Diggs up until that point. Um, yeah, you can see Kobe Bryant lets his two run because he is playing like a zone uh, kind of deal. He's yeah, underneath I thought, it. I thought Bryant's drop was really good because he knew he had top, help over the top. He knew he could undercut, so I think his drop was pretty optimal, knowing that. Diggs would put now Diggs still undercuts it because he's just reading the play. He's just being a natural player. Um yeah. but this like, might be tricks actually. Uh-huh. Which is just where the backside quarter safety looks to the three receiver. And and because later on this game we see Kobe turn and run with two vertical. Yeah. So yeah. so here he doesn't, and you can see how the technique changes. He's he's just getting depth and eyes on the quarterback. Um so they have really good layers here. If if the ball goes deeper, Diggs will probably stay higher on it, and Cody Kobe can just keep running effectively and undercut if necessary. So, yeah, what Diggs is really good at is um, so quarterbacks will look at the backside safety for a coverage indicator, and Diggs lies to quarterbacks a lot. So, like if you watch him in his the first steps of his drop. Rather than like drop down the hash, or um, or drop down this, you know, drop straight backwards, or even drop slightly to his inside, his first steps are to the outside, uh, sort of back here. Which, when a quarterback sees that, he'll think, okay, well, I can access this middle of the field window. Um, this guy's not going to be looking to my back, this kind of receiver over here. He's going to be looking to sort of double my isolated receiver on the other side of the field. Um, but what actually happens, obviously, is Diggs lied to Purdy. You can see he takes these steps to the outside. Then as Purdy looks there, he then works back to the over the middle. Now, this is a really bad throw. Like, this is awful. Like, Purdy is not good. They're, they're, they're not going to do anything in the playoffs. Famous last words, but, like, you can't <laughs> overcome that against playoff defenses. There's, there's just no, you can't. Um, yeah. Now Shanahan's good at scheming, but 
we'll see. And you can see it from the end zone angle. This is a good illustration uh, of what Purdy tried to do. He did his little hop, which all quarterbacks do when they think they've thrown a pick. Um, look, he checked Diggs, and Diggs stayed here and slightly outside, and then he continued his drop before uh, almost throwing it to him. I mean, that's just abysmal, but <laughs> I'm sure I couldn't play in the NFL. Well, and you and you see you see Doug's, uh, Diggs adjust his his angle on the receiver when he sees the balls under thrown. You see him adapt his his route. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like he bends it down. So nice undercut. Oh, so that would have been big if they'd caught that, but a good yeah. play still, even though they didn't. There was Where still you... in in the dropback game. There was a lot of sound coverage, like pure dropback. Like, just play your rules, relate to the formation, get to your depth, all that stuff. Like, I mean, they kind of had the same, they had the same degree of, of, of um, cohesion that they kind of had that month in the middle of the season where they were playing well across yep. the board. What hurt them in the passing game really was just the, the Shanahan stuff that hurts you. And then maybe, you know, Mike Jackson losing a couple of one-on-ones. And then other than that, they didn't really get much. And and those were tough covers for Mike Jackson, tightly contested still, but like we're talking like four or five slant routes. Other than yeah. that, I don't think they had anything. Um so this second and nine with uh one fifty eight left in the in the first quarter, that's a good um good illustration of what Griff was saying about uh drop back passing. Um so Seattle is in because it's two by two, you can sort of disagree on whether it's cover eight or cover six but um they don't really run cover eight out of base so it's, it's cover six basically so um yeah here's mike jackson he's in the deep quarter at the bottom of the screen here's conjay Diggs. he's in the deep quarter here's Dal taylor he is a quarter flat defender in the coverage um there's some cool things going up on up front that we'll get to here's ryan nil he's the deep half in the cover two side here's Tariq Woolen. he's the cloud corner in the cover two side um, and then uh, Brooks is a middle hook. Barton's like a vertical curl player. Yeah. So if we just play through, we'll talk about the front when we get to the end zone angle. But um, if we play through the coverage, they push uh, three out. Um, uh, McCaffrey out the backfield, so they put three into the boundary, which is a nice beater for t- for teams. Here's Cody taking a great vertical curl drop to the to the seam tight end, like superb coverage, blanketed. Uh, I th- yeah. I believe Woolen Woolen is in a high low conflict with McCaffrey out of the backfield, but I believe he flips his hips if with Juice checks his seam or seam or vertical root wheel out of the backfield if Purdy's looking that way, like he he plays that. Mm-hmm. Um, you 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 also see Brooks opening. Almost keeping eyes on the quarterback, but opening his hips toward the toward the boundary because he's got uh, two receivers up and then the running back to the flat. So that's a big time, you know, dagger combination threat, especially with the with the condensed splits with the two tight ends there. So, or is that juice check? Whatever, same thing. Um, so that's just him being alert too, of like, okay, 
they could be setting an inbreaker. So he's getting to depth and getting width, the appropriate width for it. Yeah, that, that's a great that's a great point. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, he's he started like on almost like the left hash almost, and he's pushing to beyond the right hash to get into the dig window for the receivers. If if this guy came across and this guy and, ran off, and that that principle uh, shows back up. Um, shows back up li- later in the game with a uh, an- another drop from Jordan pushing from the the boundary hash to the field hash. I think. Yeah. Um, what was that timestamp? Is that sixteen forty? Maybe. So now, now for where the ball went. Uh, so the ball actually Purdy went for the cover four side. Um. I think they just thought Darrell Taylor's in coverage. We'll just go after him. Uh, he got a nice reroute. Like the offense will take this. This is kind of what they. Um... But they they're also banking on Ayuk. Is that Ayuk breaking the tackle um, of Taylor? And Taylor yeah. kept up, made the tackle. That's I mean, his job. That's 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 a good play from Taylor. I think. Yeah, this is this is an example of good defense. Like the offense can get five yards again, and it's good defense. Right. Um, so talking about the front, so a big thing in this game for Seattle was playing, it basically was like bumped bear, but for the purposes of this, it's, it's almost like their old reduced over front. So they have the, the cornerback to like pair tight ends. He would be in the kind of E gap, but he's like the force player. Then they have the outside linebacker outside the first tight end as like a C gap player. Oh sorry, a D gap player. Mm-hmm. Then they had um a, a, a three technique uh, in a B gap, a shaded nose tackle away from him. So it's looking like reduced over. And then a because there's a four eye technique um in the in the weak B gap. Now away from the four eye technique is as we know Daryl Taylor who's covering down on the slot. Which is why it's kind of like bumped bear. It's like bear, but shaded to accommodate for, um, you know, you cover four player away, and then using the cover two cornerback uh, on the other side as the force player to help make the other stuff work. But it's really cool because it's there's no bubbles to the defense. Well, there is. There's an A gap and a C gap, but um, you're protecting certain players in in better ways. And we were asking for this look. Um, this is something that they used under uh, Ken Norton last year as the season went on and they ran more like course court half defense and they needed ways to deal with like pair tight end looks. Mm-hmm. So it, it's fitting the coverage and then sound run defense together. Yeah. Now then the, the one inherent drawback to doing that is when you manage the front to have good too high coverage is that you're probably not putting your defensive lineman at the best angles for for pass rush purposes Mm. and that's where in a perfect world you just have an elite player who can get pass rush from any alignment you know like ultimate front versatility that's essentially what a guy like jalen carter gets you Mm. um just throwing that out there that's a big tease. Yeah. Right. 
Where, where do we go from here, Griff? Um, well, I don't know. We, we can maybe look at one more play, just kind of a good illustration of them just playing really sound in their coverage and their their uh, cover six. I think this play um, at 8.30 in the file. 3rd is... 16, uh, 51 seconds left in the first quarter. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's just a good example of them just playing their coverage rules against like pure drop back, more standard plays that they're, they're going to see. Uh, so it's covered Ooh, to... Yeah. It's and it's third and sixteen, so they can give depth on the check down, right? But uh, yeah, so to the field, to the wide side of the field, Tariq's side, it's cover two. Um, he's a cloud corner, flat defender. You got Kobe Bryant. He would have to he man turns with the seam, playing like the true vertical hook, right? So not a zone technique, but a man technique within his own call. Um, so you get double coverage on the fade between Tease Tabor and Woolen on the the fade from the number one receiver. Kobe Bryant is, in a way, closing off the middle of the field by carrying the number two. And then Brooks is playing a middle hook. We'll get to that in a bit. But then Quandre Diggs is playing a weak side quarter. So he can help close off the middle of the field. But because because Kobe's carrying it, that means he can kind of give help on the weak number one and nail down on dig routes and stuff with the, for Mike Jackson's man because Jackson's in a quarter, which – kind of is more manny more man-esque than not um but yeah so so go ahead and go ahead and roll the tape whenever you're ready and then neil would be your quarter flat defender so i thought i thought brooks did a really good job matching depth to deny the immediate crossing route window from from Ayuk, i think and then, but he does a good job of doing that while simultaneously pushing to the field hash to play inbreakers if they get a dagger combination. Because two on the ball, one off to that stack formation, the receivers, that's a pretty big dagger indicator. Yep. And, and of course, Kobe is carrying the, the seam. So that means Jordan would have to play the inbreak of one. So he's reading qu- quarterback eyes. So really, Jordan is managing two major threats right here. And he plays. He also plays in the second window, Ayuk's over route, where it would hit between the hash of the numbers. He's playing that kind of like as a liaison all the way to Tariq Woolen's jurisdiction as the flat defender, the high flat defender, really. So I feel like this is just really good. I mean, good match from Kobe, and then really good zone eyes and zone dropping, the kind of stuff that Brooks does snap in, snap out against drop back coverages. Stuff that I don't know, maybe doesn't get picked up by grading platforms out there, grading systems out there. But like that's, I mean, it's the 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 coverage is shutting down the core intent of the concept that Shanahan threw out threw out there. So yeah, I, I love I love what yeah. you said about him visioning quarterback because he cleared the dagger threat. You know, he can kind of space that out a bit, pace that out. But then he's because he's got eyes on the quarterback. He's still getting depth. He's gained the right kind of leverage uh, width-wise as well. As when a quarterback looks at him, he then knows, oh, there might be something coming the other way here, and he has a look and he finds it and gets under it. And that immediately, as soon as Purdy sees that happen, he's like, well, I'm checking this ball down. Because I mean, if you want to test fate and throw the Ayuk in the second window, Tyreek's reaction time and length and speed—that's a pick, like. 
J- Jordan's covered that as long as he needs to. Now it's Woolen getting a pick on you. Yeah. 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 It's all about the window. He's just taken the window away. Right. There's no, so, there's no margin for that. Yeah. And then from there, I mean, yeah, they tackle the check down, but, but look at what Shelby uh, Harris does on this play. He's yeah. been getting into the backfield all year. I mean, that's, he, he, he's a, he's a pass rusher and he's, I think he has a $9 million cap hit next year. They can't pay him that, but if they can cut him, bring him back for like, I would throw him like two years, 10 million, see if he takes it. Cause I, in a perfect world, he's your, I mean, they can roll into next year with him being your fourth best defensive interior defender. And I would feel yeah. pretty good about that. Cause there's still 400 snaps to be had there. You know, yeah, this is, this is nice. This is a tackle tackle game. Uh, the center slides away from Shelby, so he's one on one with this with, with his guard, but he's still on the tackle tackle game where he's going inside, and he just demolishes this guy to the inside. The other guys, the other three technique on the play, um, uh, Quinton Jefferson, who's basically looping around, crossing the face of the center, but this is uh. Really nice from Shelby. And that's the thing as well. Like Purdy might have tested that downfield window if, if Shelby doesn't get the rush, but this is just forcing the ball out. This is what we say when you have a pass rush. It means that like the coverage timing works. Like, okay, they sunk yeah. deep, so then they have to get the ball out. Like this if you could get this a bit more reliably, and Shelby has been good, but like from a few more players, then suddenly it changes your coverage. You can rally to the check down even quicker. You can know that the check down is going to be thrown at a certain point. Uh, this is four man rush getting there. Yeah. I mean, to me, a guy like Shelby is he is he's the floor of your pass rush. You need someone on the line, whether a tackle or an end or an edge, to be a blue chipper to define your ceiling. But elite pass rushes have your your third best pass rusher is an impact player. You can't have an elite pass rush without having more than one guy doing it, you know? Um, so to me, they've, they have their four. They just need to add a guy. To me, it's not about replacing. It's about adding. I'm not in a rush to replace a lot of these guys. No, um, which is weird. Cause there's all this talk about like Seattle doesn't have the right personnel. Like they do. They just, I just don't think. Yeah. The, I don't know. I'd, I'd more be inclined to say that they didn't quite get the coaching right than that the personnel is to blame. And it's definitely both, but if you're going to put one in front of the other, I feel like it's definitely been coaching has been a little bit too, you know, chasing their tail a little bit with what they're trying to be. The efforts at making the front more aggressive, the benefits that they got there were so marginal. Mm. And especially compared to what the deficit that put them at defending the run, Mm. it's like the trade off wasn't there i mean you arguably didn't see the benefits at all and even if you did it they're still outweighed by the by the drawbacks so and that's why they have been they've been hunkering down and playing more gapped out to get right and return to run oriented but then now they're running into injuries and that's further setting them back like again the panthers game the first half their early down stuff they were shutting out the panthers on early down running what they wanted to be Second half, lose Woods. 
then they start doing funky things that they weren't doing in the first half schematically and then it starts to fall apart and you're just sitting there scratching your head like why did this happen why did this need to happen um so so we've gone this long on the defense griff and haven't spoke about the offense but i guess we'll speak about the offense after kansas city yeah make a christmas promise to people yeah christmas promise um uh hb comments kelsey about to have a legacy game don't forget uh Pete Carroll shut down travis kelsey with akeem king in 2018 so i'm sure they'll have a plan Rem- remember how excited we were with akeem king so for a excited. while there yeah and then he was just unfortunately nothing after that like, yeah uh earlier we had vince w ask a quick question if they had dunlap this year when in nickel uh, would they be better against the run? What if they kept Jaron Reed? Thanks, guys. Wow. Um, well, Dunlap would definitely have uh, set an edge for them more, but yeah. Uh, and I think Pete. I think in Pete's mind, there was like a situation where he would have wanted to keep him. Uh, if you remember how, like, he's tried to push back a bit on comments that he like about getting the number eight jersey, uh, Kobe Bryant, and then before that, there was an incident as well where he, I think he was trying to work that out um so yeah that would have that would have helped even though he is more of a base fourth three end but like he'd have been a situational player remember he had time uh like trying to be sold on that and it didn't work out in 2021 although in kansas city uh and we'll see him this saturday he is more of a role player there so he's he's sort of reluctantly uh accepted that's his fate now i guess uh and then reed yeah. i mean yeah reed would help like <laughs> Reed would certainly help in that he would be taking Quentin Jefferson's snaps really in early down. And he's a better player. so He's a better player. Um, especially he would help when Woods and Mona go down. But like they didn't have Reed last year and they had better run defense last year than they did the year prior. Yeah. Um, actually, it was about equal. I was hmm. thinking 2019. Uh, yes, yes. But still, yes. like, yeah, Reed would absolutely help. But also... That's not the reason why the run defense has fallen as far as it's fallen. So, no. Um, and yeah, Shelby Harris, as we just said, has given them some interior pass rush juice. The issues have been really with the pass rush. They haven't been in as much clear passing down situations like that pass rush we just talked about. It's third and sixteen. So, right, right. Okay. Uh, so, Griff, this Kansas City game really quickly. Tyler Lockett's out with his hand injury. Safety Ryan Neal's out with a knee injury. And Alwood's is out with an Achilles injury. Uh, not, so, not great. No. So that's going to be the uh, Table Abram kind of game. But like Table's a bit light. So it, you may want some more mass. So maybe Abram gets a start. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, so hopefully there's no like lack of communication new to the defense relatively uh busts because that would be so frustrating i was saying to ty i think um yesterday that it'd be typical if it feels like they've worked out the defense other than a few errors to two back offense and 21 personnel attacks and then they go into kansas city and they just melt down against spread stuff which was what this defense initially was meant to kind of stop but even though Kansas City is versatile and varied and they do add a bit more heavier personnel than they used to in the past and they have a run balance to them and run action. But, like, it, I mean, I, I hope I hope that the defense continues. Like, if... We well, so, yeah. 
it would be just their luck if uh, when Kansas City's in gun, if they pull out the Byron Leftwich game plan where they just do a bunch of stuff that they just don't normally do. Yeah. And Seattle comes out looking to match personnel and formation with personnel in front of their own. And they just, yeah, yeah, that would, yeah, that would be awful. I wish you hadn't said that. Um, yeah. Hopefully not. Uh, so if we look at the spread before and all that kind of fun stuff, before we pick it, uh, the Chiefs are 10 point favorites. The, <laughs> that's wild. The over under is 49. So where are we going with this, Griff? Um, why, you know why are you smiling? You know <laughs> why um, are you smiling? Chiefs have a bad defense. They do. I say, I say, um, they keep it within 10 points. Chiefs win within 10 points. It will feel like a very winnable game in hindsight. Yeah, you'll be frustrated. It's one of those. We'll be frustrated. I mean, I'm, I'm worried about the off the Seahawks offense at the moment, like the run game and stuff like that. Yeah, that was really a really abysmal effort. We I really mean, should have spoke about that, but we got so excited about like some good defensive play that we just the, as as good as the 49ers defense was, they made it too too easy on them in the run game. Hmm. Some guy commented something about 31-7. That's my thing. Um yeah, I think Seattle's gonna win this game 31-7. That's uh that's that's my conclusion. You'll be right eventually. Will I though? I don't know. I just don't know how it keeps failing. Um, yeah. Anyway, hopefully yeah. they don't ruin Christmas. Uh, it's ten a.m. for you guys, which is nuts. And for me, it's ruining my Christmas dinner because it's six. Well, Christmas Eve dinner, which is six p.m. I, I really want to know. I want to see this game. If we see a game plan that feels very specific and tailored. I think yeah. we will. Pete, Pete comes with some it's juice gonna for Pete's, them. It's going to be Pete's going to be inserting himself. Well, also they have to they have to win. So right, this like, is a must win. This yeah. is a must win game. And so. I would say the San Francisco defensive plan they like did a lot. Like and it was good. Like it was good stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't think. All right, my my bold prediction will be: we'll watch this game and win or lose, we'll not feel demoralized by the defensive scheme or you know, cohesion level performance execution. That doesn't mean Mahomes won't have his crazy stat line, but, you know, it will managed, feel like... Managed stat line, managed. Right, mitigation. Mm-hmm. Mahomes mitigation services. Okay, well, the there we go. Enjoy the game. Like the video if you're watching, please. Comment, we appreciate it. If you're listening, uh, download, five-star review. Follow Twitter at Seattle Overload. Follow Griff at C Mike Spin Move. Follow me at Matty F. Brown. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, we will see you before then live with a with a recap. There you go. Goodbye. <laughs>